Welcome to the Thought Leaders to Watch podcast. I'm Catherine Mora, founder and CEO of Change Empire Books. We help coaches, speakers, and entrepreneurs write and publish quality books and get them out into the world. We believe that thought leaders are made through a combination of quality of service, planning, and authenticity. Do you want to impact lives and leave a legacy? Stick around until the end of the show and we'll reveal how you could be our next guest on the Thought Leaders to Watch podcast. Let's get started. I'm your host, Starlet Henderson, and this episode's thought leader is Leanne Hughes of LeanneHughes.com. Hi, Leanne. Hey, Star. How are you going? Oh, we're doing good over here, and I hope you're doing as well. I'm doing well as well. We are going to talk about so much today, uh, but I want you to just kind of give us a broad overview of what you do with your company. Yeah, sure. So I was actually working in a corporate role uh, for a big mining company. And in that role, I ran, was in charge of all the global leadership programs. And it was a really cool job. I got to fly to different places to run programs. But I was new, like I knew a lot, knew a lot about leadership, but running programs for people, that was something quite foreign to me. Uh, my boss sent me to Canada. So I arrived in Canada. Uh, it was like 28 hours to even get to this place, Fort McMurray. Get mm-hmm. off the plane, jumping on the other side of the car, driving in, run the workshop. First day is going beautifully. I'm the only female in the room. It's like 30 male supervisors. Hmm. Let me run this activity. Um, and one of the guys just decides that he won't participate. And it just tipped the mood of the workshop oh. on its head. <laughs> and being a newbie, I was like, what do I do? Anyway, I, I, I figured it out in the moment. I tripped and some, stumbled. When I got back to Australia, though, I rang up all my friends that ran workshops and said, what would you have done in this situation? And sure. then that those conversations end up becoming my podcast first-time facilitator. So what I do now is I help people run more engaging workshops and I share that knowledge on my podcast, but I also still deliver those workshops for clients as well, those leadership and team development ones too. So two different audiences, which keeps it fun. Oh, I bet. Yeah. And we were talking before we even hit record about all the fun that's going on in your life. You're taking golf lessons to kind of mix it up this year. Totally. Well, when you become a, a thought leader and a solopreneur, you um, have a very single focus. So I like, I need more balance in my life and golf is outdoors. It's fun. It's new. So yeah, it's good. I th- well, you said outdoors and that's a buzzword for me. I love being outside and yes, it does kind of switch that brain, um, you know, from work, work, work to play, play, play. So good on you. Yeah. Very nice. Thank you. So, um, Am I guessing that you kind of went right from college maybe into the corporate world or um, what did you do before um, before you were yeah, in the company? Yeah, so I, well, as soon as I finished university, I actually flew to the UK and Ireland and I backpacked and worked in pubs like every other Australian does for two years. Came back, worked for Accenture and Consulting. Then I had a quarter life crisis and I ended up joining this crazy company, uh, camper van company where the boss pretty much broke every rule. And I'm not talking rules. I'm actually talking laws as well. Oh. It was mad. But, and I was the head of global marketing. Um, it was a very politically incorrect guerrilla-style marketing approach. So all hmm. word of mouth, no advertising. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a crazy time. And then I'm like, oh, I need something more structured. Um, and what I found is this sort of blend between I love the marketing side, but I also love the learning side. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I sort of bring in that uniqueness is like, how do you sell learning and create learning cultures with organizations? And I think the marketing approach is really helpful for doing that. 
So that's the sort of unique angle I take on that. So, yeah, I've I've worked in government, mining, uh, tourism, Mm -hmm. consulting. A whole different, a whole different, uh, different areas, definitely um, all over the place there. Uh, Did you ever feel like maybe this isn't something, you know, that you wanted to continue to do? Or is there any hard parts that you want to talk with our audience about to help um, inspire them to keep pushing? Well, that's a question about, you know, the question of do you keep pushing and, and when do you stop? And I think it's really hard to have an, any type of answer or to give advice on that. I think it's really about very contextual to your situation. Mm-hmm. In um, It's actually funny that you said you've brought up all the ind- different industries I've worked in in that variety. That is why I left corporate because I was like, well, I've done all this work for this one company. Why can't I do it elsewhere? Right. And so where I am, I had my second year solopreneur anniversary yesterday. Um, but my business, it continues to evolve. And that's what I love about it. As a thought leader, as a solopreneur, we're not a big global company. We can change our direction if we like, whether it's through our messaging, the content we're putting out, the conversations we have. So I guess if someone's feeling a bit stuck and not sure, they're trying to push in one direction, maybe there's like a left turn, a slight left turn that you could take um, oh. and, and you could pilot that. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, happy anniversary, by the way. That's awesome. Two years. Thanks. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And so your your advice really is to not, you know, not always push through, to really think about maybe if it is something that you should push through and or take that left turn. Um, and I think that you're hitting on mm-hmm. what so many um entrepreneurs like, which is just being able to call the shots, right? And to take that left turn or to, you know, um say, you know what, nope, no thanks, not for me, uh, and trying something else. Oh, definitely. That's why. And often I think when you come from corporate, an absolutely different mindset because decisions are dictated to you. And look, it took me about six months to go, hang on, Leanne, like I can, if you want to do that, you can do it. So that freedom was, it it took a bit of time to release those handcuffs. Yeah. Well, and, you know, counter to that, if you don't want to do it, you don't have to. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) That's a good feeling. Some freedom there. Um, Well, I love this idea about the first-time facilitator, right? So you're really um, talking to people who have been given the task or have the desire to um, create that learning culture and to teach people things but have not done it before. So bring us through the work that you do with that first-time facilitator and some hot tips. Yeah, sure. I guess so. Some hot tips. Uh, I've done a lot of podcast episodes on this, and it really depends on where you are. Um, if anyone wants to get better at facilitating, we always come with our own biases. The way that I got better was that I just co-facilitated with someone that was more experienced oh, yeah. uh, and better than me. Right. And I find that valuable. it's like when you play a game of tennis, right? if you're playing a game of tennis with someone that's not as good, like the game isn't as good, but if you're playing with someone that's awesome, you just, the game is so much better and you rise to the occasion. So mm-hmm. I think that's, that would be my hot tip would be just get your feet in. It's all about getting time on your feet, getting the experience, sure. feeling uncomfortable. And just do that with a with a colleague uh, to get that up. Um, but the podcast also focuses on building the business of facilitation as well. So, oh man, lots of, lots of different tips on that in terms of <laughs> hourly pricing, value based pricing. Uh, a lot of people said to me, "How are you going to record more than hundred episodes of this podcast?" But I'm up to 150 and still learning. So yeah, uh, the show continues. Yeah, I bet. Well, let's rewind back to that guy who didn't want to participate. What was the advice that you um, you received from your friends? And then, like, ultimately, what would you do tomorrow if that happened? Yeah. So in the moment, what I'd done that morning was I'd talked about the organizational values and how kind of rules of engagement. So I, I 
sort of brought it back because what had happened in that moment was the guy after him then refused to participate. Then I looked to the next person oh, and he refused. Reaction. Like the domino effect. <laughs> yeah. So when when I got back and I rang up Nikki, who is um, has been one of the people I co-facilitated with, yes. she said what she would have done in that moment is gone, hey, we might just take a quick break. Hey, Rob, can I just have a quick chat to you outside? So saving okay. face but also acknowledging it and just seeing what's going on. Because, um, yeah, I, I thought that was a good idea. So because at some stage you kind of have to address it because then you create a new group norm that it is acceptable and um, the whole course and program is really designed about getting out of your comfort zone. That was the irony, right? So yeah. it, it had to be addressed, yeah. And it, it's hard as a facilitator. You don't want to be a school teacher. Uh, sometimes, like I said, completely contextual in that moment, though, that would have been the right move. Yeah. So just to kind of, um, bring it down, you know, bring it to them and be like, first of all, you know, assume that maybe something is, is bothering them. It's not just that they're, you know, choosing to, to not participate, to be, a, um, I don't know. I don't want to say any negative words, you know, or call somebody out, but, yeah, um, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. be a bad student. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we don't want to, you know, um, like you said, kind of bring them aside and, and not, uh, not to do any shaming. Um, well, that's yeah. a good tip. That's a good tip from Nikki. Um, and, uh, and I do also love the idea of partnering up, right. And leveling up, um, with a, with a buddy. So that's a, that's a good tip as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it like when you're working with somebody, you know, what are, what is some of the feedback that you're getting about the impact that you're making with these classes? Well, I guess a lot of people are surprised. Uh, a lot of the time as facilitators, we kind of wish that if we run a workshop, people have opted into that. But the reality is when you work with clients is that they're being told they have to be there and they're not given a lot of information at the same time. So the the beauty about what I do is that the brand isn't that strong, right? People hear workshops, people hear team development or learning and they think someone's going to come and talk at me, lecture style, for two days and none none of this will be applicable. So my, my tagline is creating unpredictable workshop experiences that predictably work. Mm-hmm. So all I do is I, I think about what are they expecting and then I flip that. So, for example, you expect to walk in, to sit down, and then the, per- the facilitators come up and tell you a bit about themselves. Right. So I just say, what, what's the opposite of that? And so I kind of even I start as they arrive. I'll have activities going on in the room as they arrive to get people talking and comfortable. I'll stand at the back of the room <laughs> to open and I won't even talk about myself for the first 10 minutes. So in terms of the feedback, it's like, wow, I actually – really enjoy that the stuff that I've learned is applicable because we look at real situations and bringing it back into the workplace uh-huh. so I think there's a, this odd surprise uh, and delight from participants um, oh, yeah. and it really depends on what the content is in terms of that feedback but mm-hmm. um, so I like love that. them walking back yeah 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 and just like wow I you've actually inspired me to get back into learning and, and recognize that I I can grow mm-hmm. um, it seems to be uh fixed mindset sometimes in that a lot of people work, Jim Rohn says, work harder on yourself than you do on your job. A lot of people work really hard on the technical aspects of their job mm-hmm. and don't recognize that the people side, it can be learned. Yeah. Yeah. That's an important, yeah. um, important topic. A whole nother show right there is just that you can oh. learn to be a better people person. Um, you know, obviously some people are very gifted at it, um, but it is something that you can still, um, finesse out of out of yourself I think I mean I, I guess I'm a product of that um oh and, yeah. absolutely I mean yeah even with this golf thing I'm like oh I'll be terrible forever it's like no you, you can get better <laughs> yeah. practice or perfect practice makes perfect right 
That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good call. So um, let's talk about thought leading. And I'd like to um, have you share with our audience what being a thought leader means to you. Yeah. So for me, it doesn't mean regurgit- regurgitating everything else that is around. I think anyone can do that. Yeah. Where I see leadership really adding value is I looking at what's coming ahead, projecting trends, um, being really aware of what's going on in your industry and saying, this can have an impact in the future because it's the key that like thought, there's a lot of thought followers or thought sharers, but thought mm-hmm. leaders is something very different. And I think um, because I love learning so much, I read, I've got all these books behind me. I can easily regurgitate to you some studies and things that are done. But the value is that I consider that what I've picked up from those books, I am paying attention to what's going on by listening mm-hmm. and then going, right, this is, this is what's going to happen next. So I think it's uh, going on the front foot, going on the offensive, if you like. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's great. And I was, my next question was going to be, um, you know, okay, so how do you stay um, engaged with your industry? How do you know what's coming next? And you mentioned reading. Um, So let's talk about that and what book um, you might recommend to our audience, um, something that's impacted your work or life or something that um, might help them stay at the fore. I think a book that uh, it completely changed my life was Pivot by Jenny Blake. Uh, so Jenny was the co-creator of the Google coaching program. I read her book when I was working in corporate and I felt really stuck and I was looking for jobs, right? And then what happened with the book is that I, I recognized that I was jumping to to scanning for opportunities, but I hadn't really des- decided what I wanted or where I wanted to go. And yeah. so I was just trying to look for solutions without doing that work. Um, and she talks through a beautiful four-step process to plant, scan, pilot, and launch. I think that's applicable to anything. Like I said to you, if someone feels stuck, well, try pilot, like, or go back to the plant stage. So it's a, it's a beautiful model. I connected with Jenny. She flew me to Paris. We ran works, workshops for a, a fashion label. Like, so not only is the book itself, the content impacted my life, but Jenny, the author, um, we've connected and that's just been an incredible relationship. So yeah, that, that book, um, I've got like, five copies and a few of them are signed. So, <laughs> well, that's great. I mean, out of us, not all of us are so lucky to, you know, then all of a sudden start working with the author, but um, that sounds, that sounds great. Um, yeah. Yeah. So lucky. You, uh, you hit on something I wanted to just circle back to that, you know, when you were in corporate and you were, um, it sounded to me like you were just looking for a way out. Like you said, the book kind of brought t- to your attention that you really needed to decide what you wanted to pivot to first, not just pivot for the sake of pivoting. Yes. Yes. And I, and that's the problem, right? So a lot of the time when we look for other opportunities or we're looking for an external solution to an internal problem, um, I'd come from, uh, I'd worked in this awesome job where I was, I ended up being a big fish in a small pond and I flew to back to Brisbane in this global role where I just felt completely lost and I joined because it was global, yet I wasn't getting any global opportunities. So what changed from reading that book is, well, recognising what I wanted, then right. putting my hand up to co-facilitate, then then I was sent to all, all around the world and running strategy days, right? And all that changed was my mindset towards, oh, this is, this is what I want to do. And there, were every oppor- there was every opportunity in the company to do that. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so as soon as you kind of, um, I, I, there's this phenomenon, right? Like if you see a certain car that you, or that, you know, that there's a certain car that you want, and then all of a sudden, like every car you see down the road is yeah. that car. And that's it. exactly it. what it sounds like. Yeah. That, they call it the reticular activating system in your brain, the RAS. 
So right. you get so, to tune your ads into what you want. <laughs> so once, yeah. And so once you decide what you want, it starts to kind of pop up here and pop up there and pop up here and you just have to be able yeah. to be ready to pivot. Um, so great book recommendation. Thank you. Um, can you tell us what's next for you? Uh, you have this first facilitator podcast. There's a course coming out. Yeah, so I've got um, what I'm creating is a program which combines two of my favorite things, which is facilitation and then building business. So I'm creating a course now. It's going to be uh, connecting those those two things. So how can you launch your own training business if you're working at, as a learning and development person? Yeah. Um, so just stepping through what I would have done differently the first six months and even prior to leaving my job, so creating content assets and then also, how to make your workshops so engaging that they sell themselves. Um, that'll be the the element that's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, I'm, yeah, no, it sounds like you're excited. Oh, Go ahead and continue with that. <laughs> oh, no, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in the, pro- I'm in the ideation process and I'll be opening up uh, founding members for that very shortly. So I love ideating and it's exciting to sort of share everything that I've picked up to an audience that, that needs it because you feel a bit lost when you step out on your own. Oh, sure. Yeah. And that's so you're really um, becoming that partner that you suggested earlier that people partner up with. You know, you've got some resources, lessons learned to share, that podcast, of course. Um, so they're one, don't feel like they're doing it all on their own and not starting at, you know, from scratch for sure. Um, a really great parallel. I'm going to bring that in the messaging. <laughs> well done. Thanks. Thank you. Um, so, if people do want to get involved and they want to partner up with you, can you um, just reiterate for us where people find you and uh, what best yeah. channel it is to reach out to you? Absolutely. So for the course, head on to leannehughes.com forward slash course. Um, my podcast is called First Time Facilitator, available on the platform that you're listening to this conversation on. And I think my favorite playground, LinkedIn is my favorite, followed by Instagram. But yeah, LinkedIn, very active on there love learning from other people, other thought leaders in that space. I'd love to connect um, with you if you're listening in. That sounds good. I've never heard of LinkedIn as a playground, but um, it sounds like you bring (laughs) an element of that everywhere you go. So that was kind of fun. Well, I think a lot of people view LinkedIn as like a really judgy place. So I just flip it and go, I'm just going to have fun here and and test content. So it is my playground for testing ideas and, and marketing opportunities. Yeah. All right. Well, audience, if you want to learn how to flip the script and uh, make LinkedIn your playground and become a first-time facilitator, facilitator, check out Leanne Hughes at leannehughes.com. Thanks for your time today, Leanne. Awesome. Thanks, Star. It's been great chatting. It has been. Bye. Catherine Mora here. Thank you so much for listening to the Thought Leaders to Watch podcast. If you are a successful coach, speaker, or entrepreneur who would like to be on this program, please visit changeempire.com slash podcast slash apply. If you got something out of this interview, please share this episode on social media. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag ThoughtLeadersToWatch. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and they mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, changeempire.com or follow me on LinkedIn as Catherine Moore. We're on Facebook and Instagram as Change Empire Book Coaching. Thanks for listening. 
we will see you next time